ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant. My name is Pastor Todd Coconato. We want to welcome you all around the world, streaming online and on 93.3 Real Talk FM. I have an amazing man of God that is going to be joining us today. His name is Pastor Ben Graham, and he is the senior pastor of Music City Baptist Church here in Nashville, Tennessee. But he's also a speaker, goes all around the country. So buckle up and welcome, and here we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm pumped up and excited. I got my friend Ben Graham here today. He's a pastor, man of God, patriot, been all around the country speaking truth. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, Ben, you know, for a while, people were like, you got to meet Ben Graham. You guys got to connect. And so I knew it was a God thing when you and I finally connected, but very like-minded brother. And I want to welcome you to the show, sir. Man, it's my pleasure to be here, Todd. It is funny because the same thing so many people are saying, you got to meet Todd, you got to meet Todd. (laughs) What I did not know is that we literally live 20 minutes from each other right. and maybe a little bit farther, but so close. We're in each other's backyard. Had no clue about that. Uh, but you know what? God just has a way of timing things just right and putting this together at the right time. And uh, I believe you and I uh, both feel that uh, we are living for such a time as this. There's yes. so many things uh, that uh, seem bleak and dark, and yet there's an excitement. There yes. is a joy about serving the Lord in this day and time. Yes, there certainly is, man. And uh, Recording I'm just I'm in progress. very excited. Uh, sorry, that was our uh, studio. They're doing something here. But, um, you know, what you're doing out there in being a pastor that's bold and speaking truth and, and really kind of speaking to all areas of society versus, you know, a lot of people have left out certain segments. Now, one thing I really love about you in the ministry, you just got back from Hollywood and you were speaking at a film festival. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so of course, I'm the president uh, of Graham Family Films and uh, we're blessed to get to make family and faith-based movies. And uh, I usually get to be in several movies a year that I act in. Of course, I know you've got a, yes. a background in that, and uh, you've got a better face for acting than I do. But see, this is a proof that God uses anybody. So uh, <laughs> you got uh, a better beard, though, like man. It. I'm telling you, man. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's about the only place I can grow hair anymore. But anyway, but uh, I uh, but I I got asked to come out and, and be a part of this uh, one of our newest movies, uh, Pardoned by Grace, uh, was nominated for I think four awards. And uh, we ended up winning two of them. But uh, they said, look, we want you to come and speak. And, of course, I had no idea what to expect. I get there, and uh, the event organizer said, look, you got 30 minutes. Just go preach. And I said, seriously? And they said, yeah. And I said, how do you think people are going to respond to this? They're like, it doesn't matter. Just go preach. I said, absolutely. So we went out there, and uh, we just tried to preach the truth. And, uh, you know, most of the people there are involved in some form of faith entertainment or family entertainment. And we had a great time, but you know, I find myself no matter what venue I'm at, uh, at the end of the day, it's all about preaching the truth, preaching Jesus Christ, because he is the only hope. And so many people are looking for hope today. Yeah, they certainly are. And now I think you're kind of around the same age as me. We're like in our forties, you know, kind of generation Xers, you know? And so we've, we've seen a lot of stuff in our life. I mean, you know, rap music and, you know, uh, East Coast, West Coast rivalry and the gang. Life. I mean, this whole thing. 
in the culture when we were growing up and now we're the parents you know some of us are even grandparents at this point you know and so we're we're the we're kind of taking the reins of, of leadership in the in the world you know i mean and and so uh you know what does that mean to you when you see our generation kind of taking over and some of these big people of faith you know that we've always looked up to they're in their 80s their 90s they're retiring and, and dying i mean it's really a new generation what do you think about that well i think you know being a, I'm a fifth generation pastor raised around ministry all my life. My dad still travels all over the country and speaks, but growing up as a kid watching that and, you know, being around some of these nationwide leaders who did a great job. And then now for the ones that are still alive, you see them and it's, it's hard to believe how old they are. Yes. I don't mean that disrespectful, no. but they've aged and it just seems like time has flown, but there is such a sense of urgency for guys our age to really step up and lead. And unfortunately, uh, in my dad's generation, there was more people surrendering to ministry. There was more people going into ministry. And we're, we've seen a decline over the last right. uh, 25 years. And so in some ways, there's not as many uh, available to step up. Right. And then a lot of people are afraid to step That's up. A right. lot of people are afraid to lead because we live in a cancel culture society. We live in a uh, society where if you start really truly stepping up for the faith and, and leading for Christ, People come after you, and, and most people don't want to live a life that's inconvenienced, or they don't want to live a life where you know maybe they're having to fight these battles. They're not easy. Right. And uh, but I reminded what Scripture says. You know, if you if you serve the Lord, you're going to suffer persecution. And so yeah. when you get that, when you grasp that, you start welcoming. Hey, you know what? When when I'm being attacked, it's because I'm doing what God's called me to do. And so that's it's right. not necessarily a bad thing, but. It's amazing. My oldest son is getting married in two weeks. Come and, on. Congratulations. Uh, you know, it's hard for me to believe. Thank you. It's hard to believe I'm that old uh, <laughs> that I got a son getting ready to get married. But, you know, I think for me, as we're making this transition as parents who our kids are becoming adults and someday they're going to have kids, it, it kind of sobers you up a little bit to realize just the drastic need that we have today oh, yeah. for somebody to take a stand. And, Recently, somebody told me, said, you know, Billy Graham was kind of this great uh, moral guideline in, in our country. And a lot of the greats like D. James Kennedy and, and maybe a Jerry Falwell Sr. And some of the pastors who got engaged, all those guys have they've passed on now. Yep. And the world has gotten darker. Our nation has gotten darker. And so they are this this world is hungry for somebody like you and, and myself and others to really be a light. And I think because it's so dark, our light can shine even brighter. And so, yes. you know, I challenge any young person in ministry, anybody under the age of 50 and all over that too, but especially under the age of 50, right. boy, really consider uh, seeking God and finding out what he has for you to do to help better our society for the cause of Christ. That's right, Ben. There's so many people that have been hurt in the church over the years. They have a bad experience or a bad view of Christians or Christianity or church. And so there's these hungry people that I really believe they want truth and they're, they're kind of seeking and they've tried the world and they've, you know, they've seen that it's awful. It doesn't have anything to offer. It's momentary versus lasting uh, satisfaction and peace that you can only find in Jesus Christ. I call him the ultimate void filler. Uh, but, you know, in your church, you know, when people come in and they've been wounded in the body, how do you respond as a pastor to that? Well, I think one of the things that hinders most churches from being able to help somebody like that is just our churches have become, um, they've become more of a, a social gathering yep. than a place where truth exists. They become a, uh, they become a pep rally, but not in the right way because church is kind of a pep rally for us to go live for Christ, 
outside of the, 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 the walls on, on Sunday, but they've become like a place where we gather, we, we, you know, clap our hands, we, we shout. And now my work for Christ is done for the week. And that's what we've taught people. And so when people are truly hurting and hungry, they're looking for answers, but they don't know if they can find it at the church anymore because the church is neglecting to take on the, the difficult questions, you know? And so that's why we created what's called recovery Sunday, the last Sunday of September, uh, last year, we had 10,000 churches participate wow. and really encouraging churches to uh, to help people overcome their addictions. Everybody at some point struggles with some kind of addiction. Yep. Some it might, you know, we might call them much bigger problems, but they, they struggle with these things. And the church has to be a place where where people feel like I can go and find help. I can find hope because Christ is the one who gives us hope. He is our helper. He's our healer. And they need to know that, but they're not going to see it if we're not going to truly be sold out for Christ. And we can't water down the gospel. We can't water down the word. You know, I tell people all the time, especially preachers, it's not our responsibility when somebody says, what do you believe? Well, in essence, it really doesn't matter my opinion or what I believe, because this is what God's word says. And if you don't like what God's word says, you got to take it up with God. I Mm. didn't write it. He did. And I just am a messenger that has to deliver. And so when I try to water it down or when I try to make it more when I try to simplify it for, you know, uh, people today, because it's not culturally acceptable, I'm doing disservice and disjustice to the word of God. Yes. I've got to preach the truth. And when we preach the truth, the Bible says it's the word of God. That's quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than a two edged sword. That is what penetrates to the heart of those people. And so they need God's words. And so that's why preachers can't water down the truth. And so many today say, well, I just can't get involved politically because, <laughs> you know, uh, it's a political issue. And I right. tell them, no, it's a moral issue. That's right. The reason America, it, it really, the reason America is the country we are today is because of pastors who were involved and engaged during the Revolutionary War days, during the founding and shaping of our country. Uh, multiple guys that signed the Declaration of Independence were pastors. They were engaged, involved. And, and, and we find that if we don't get involved, we're going to lose the freedom we have. And yes, I think you are in the same boat I am. If tomorrow they said, you're going to jail for preaching the gospel, I'm going to keep preaching the gospel. That's right. But I'd rather be in a place where we can freely worship God. You know, I've never in my time had to worry about being arrested for preaching the gospel here in America. Now, I've been in other countries where it was a real possibility, but never here. Right. And we've got to protect freedom. That's right. We, we absolutely do. Uh, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. I got Senior Pastor Ben Graham of Music City Baptist Church, Man of God, Man of Integrity. Uh, ben, what's your website? It's PastorBenGraham.com. Very easy. PastorBenGraham.com. And we'll be back with the Todd Coconut Show. All right, we're back. This is the Todd Coconato Show. Very excited to have my friend, Pastor Ben Graham. He is the senior pastor of Music City Baptist Church in Nashville. Highly encourage you to check out this church uh, because it's got a real pastor, a real shepherd that's actually willing to stand, that's actually willing to speak the truth. Uh, So welcome back, Pastor Ben. And uh, man, 
I'm so excited that you're on, man, because I tell you, people are looking for real pastors. They're looking for authentic. They're looking for people that are willing to speak the truth. And here's been the problem. I've gone around the country. I know you have, and you probably get this same thing. People say, Todd, I can't find a remnant church in my community. I can't find a pastor. They say they're all seeker friendly. They're all just, you know, not to, they're talking about the jab and this and that. And, you know, they were closed down for half a year or two years. You know, it's like crazy. Do you, do you get that as well? I get it all the time. Uh, I even, because we work so much with legislators and in, in our church, um, the Wilson County GOP uses our building for their monthly meetings. We have a lot of other groups that use our facility. And so a lot of our uh, county, our city leaders, even some of our state leaders will be here and they'll say, man, I wish my pastor, you know, would step up more to the plate, but I just, I just can't get them to do that. And people ask me all the time, you know, what do I do and how do I, how do I encourage my pastor? And, and there's a lot of pastors who honestly, they have, uh, they've allowed themselves to be convinced that, you know, uh, I can't say this stuff. And they bought into the lie of separation of church right. and state, which when people understand that, you know, the Danbury Baptist wrote a letter to Jefferson. Right. And the reason they were concerned is our state cap or our United States Capitol had four churches meeting in there every week. And what they were afraid of is that they were going to make one of those become kind of a state religion, which yeah. is what they left in England. And Jefferson said, no, 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 that's not going to be the case. Anybody can come and they can worship. They can do church in the capital the way they see fit. We're just encouraging religion. We want people to worship God. And that was what Jefferson wrote to them. And he said, the state will never infringe upon the religious freedom rights. And that was the separation he was talking about, not right. that churches couldn't be engaged. And right. of course, we know no church has ever lost its its 501c3 status for preaching the truth. And to be honest, I tell people all the time, if they want to take it away, we'll pay taxes. We're not going yeah. to quit preaching the truth. That's right. But um, it's amazing how many pastors have, you know, kind of cowered. And I yes. think one of the things we've been trying to do, and I know you've been a part of this, we've been trying to do more pastors groups to just pr to, to speak the truth to them. Right. I had a preacher. Uh, we were to, I think we were in the same meeting in Virginia Beach yeah. uh, back in July, I believe it was. Yeah. And I had the video about being there and, and uh, there were several people who, who were there. I think Eric Trump and General yep. Flynn and some, you know, some other good friends of ours. And yep. I posted a video about it and a pastor wrote me this letter and he said, you know, don't you feel like you're ostracizing half of the United States by associating with two political people? And I said, well, first off, neither one of those guys hold a political office. They're right. not running for office. They're just fighting for religious freedom. I said, but secondly, I think if we don't step up, we're going to lose what we have. Yes. And so many just don't get that. And for me, it's not that I'm trying to preach Republican or Democrat. Right. I'm trying to preach Jesus Christ. Yes. And I'm trying to preach that he's the way, the truth, and the life. And I'm not naive to think that because we elect a certain person, that's what's going to change America. Mm. What I believe, and I believe if, if right now our current president, who has so many struggles, I believe if he tomorrow said, as a nation, we need to turn to God right. and we need to let God direct our nation. I believe it would change our nation. It would. I, I don't think the person, I think rather it's the leader who looks to God that is going to help us see our nation change. And, and that's the fight that we're in. It's, it's not about just putting somebody in office. It's about putting God back into everything we do as a nation. That's right. hundred percent agree. Absolutely. And people always say you're getting too political, Todd. First of all, 
I don't even like talking about politics. The thing is, these are, to me, moral issues, biblical issues. I mean, let's just go through life, you know, the protection of a baby's life, you know, either in the womb or after the womb. I mean, that's part of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not murder. God is a God of life. You know, marriage, marriage between a man and a woman. That's the definition of marriage. A man and a woman leave their father and mother and go become one before the Lord. You know, these are biblical principles. And now what's happened is they've been usurped and railroaded and they become, quote, unquote, political issues. So pastors are saying, we can't talk about this. You know, the whole transgender push. And, you know, I mean, literally what they're doing to these kids, they're giving them these hormone replacement therapies and all this nonsense. And and in some states, they want to make it where they can do it without even the parents' permission. Or even worse, if a pastor were to try to convince them that what they're doing is morally wrong or biblically wrong, they could be arrested. I mean, this is the direction that America's headed. So anybody that doesn't understand this, now, Ben, I know you get it because you're involved, but what would you say to those that just are, you know, like have their heads buried on these issues? Well, I think one, they've got to understand that being neutral never works. Yeah. Um, we, we, we find that in our, in our history of it never works. Peter Muhlenberg's brother, when Peter Muhlenberg said, you know, preach the message out of Ecclesiastes, there's a time for war. And he took his black robe off and he grabbed a gun and his men followed him. His brother, who was also a pastor, wrote him a scathing letter. He said, how can you be in a man of the cloth, get involved? Well, about six months later, his brother's house was burned down. His church was burned down. His family nearly killed because he was not involved. And what he found out is neutral doesn't get you That's anywhere. Right. And you either, you're either hot or cold. You're, yeah. you're either involved or you're not involved. You know, in my church, we encourage people. I have a man who is from Australia. He was a pastor there for years, and he's got a his green card. He's trying to become a citizen the right way. He can't vote this year. And he said, he began to pray, God, help me to do something for America. And so he began to pray and he said, I can't vote, but maybe I can keep people from uh, voting illegally or for doing something illegal. And so he created something that I helped him put together. We're launching this week called American Mule Skinners. Oh, wow. uh, everybody knows about the 2000 mules. And we've yeah. got a whole movement to get people to show up yes. to watch pray at the ballot boxes to simply keep an eye on what's going on. But more importantly, we're in a spiritual warfare. That's right. You know, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities. And, and the Bible tells us it's a spiritual warfare. And so we can't think that we're going to turn America around uh, by by doing something that mere man can do. It's going to it's going to be only from the power of God and the throne of God. And so I believe if pastors struggle with maybe getting involved, maybe they're not comfortable preaching at a political rally like you and I would, or right. maybe they're concerned. I go to the Capitol. I, I know a ton of legislators that we speak to, we encourage, we pray for. Sometimes we have to rebuke, if you will. Maybe they're not, maybe that's too much for them. <laughs> Let me just encourage you to start just praying for our nation. Because if you'll start praying for our nation, it'll change your perspective on how you look at things. Yeah. Because you'll see that there is a great spiritual warfare going on. And I promise if you'll pray for our nation, the Holy Spirit will start leading you in a different way in which you can address your congregation. Because at the end of the day, you know, I don't have to get up and preach on abortion. I can just get up and preach. The Bible says that God hates the shedding of innocent blood. Yes. And that covers abortion. That's right. You know, whether you it or not, this is what the Bible says. I don't have to get up and, and quote some paper about what it's now encouraging on same-sex marriage. I can just get up, open the scripture, and in spite of what some people believe, Old Testament and New Testament, God says he's against it. Yep. We can find these things. And so if you, as a preacher, do what God says, preach the whole counsel of God, Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21, you're going to hit these issues that people call social, political issues. You're going to find they're biblical issues. And God takes a stand, 
And we must stand upon what God says is true. That's right. Now, have you been doing this throughout the many years that you've been in ministry? Or is this something that God kind of worked on you over the years? Or So, you know, it's funny, but I, when I was 17, I went to D.C. and uh, went to a leadership training conference. And that year I wrote, uh, I would go to meet with Congress and I'd put Dr. Ben Graham, President 2016, because that's when I'd legally be old enough to run. And so, you know, from that moment on, I made a decision. I wanted to be involved somehow politically. And my my family has always been involved, especially praying and working with legislators. My dad, for years where he pastored, uh, people used to say, if you're going to run for office, you need to go speak with Dr. Graham. And, you know, the, the reality is we just felt like we've got to be involved. And so I've always been involved, but certainly the last six, seven years, I've gotten way more involved. I got the blessing and privilege of getting to be involved a little bit with the faith team at the White House. Under Hold Trump. on one and, second, Ben. I want to finish this, but we got to go to a break. We'll be right back. This is the Todd Cognato Show. All right, we are back, Todd Cognato Show. Yes, I'm playing Eminem. I'm not a big Eminem fan, although I know Eminem. I actually know Eminem. Uh, maybe he'll come to know Jesus. I, I just have to say, he sang a song about Jesus, kind of. That was kind of a big deal, which is why we have it on here. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> Ben, you are culturally engaged, and that's what I love about you. You're not, you don't have a religious spirit. You don't have a, you know, you're not like a Pharisee. There's so many Pharisees. And religious spirits, you know, when I started talking about Eminem, I have a history with this guy. His producer, Mailman, used to be my next door neighbor. And so for years, you know, I would go over to the studio and work with Mailman and we'd, we'd get on, you know, do beats. I do music and stuff like that. And I met Eminem a couple of times. And, you know, and so anyway, I have a little rapport with him. I mean, it's been years, but I think he would remember me. Uh, but, you know, when he came out with this uh, song recently, you know, kind of talking about Jesus, I thought, well, hey, let's pray for him. And, you know, the instantly from the Christian community, he's Illuminati, he's evil. Well, we, OK, maybe he is. I don't know. But can we pray for him? Um, you know, so I really feel like the misfits, the prodigals, the, the people that we least expect are going to be the people that are coming. And you and I have been talking about this great move of God and revival and what it looks like. And I think we got to get out of the way of the religious spirit and the Pharisees of this day and let the move of God happen. What have you been seeing as you've been going around the country and people have been coming to know Jesus all over? Well, I, I, I agree. So many people question when somebody says that recently Eminem said he came back to his faith and that he was trying to live for God again. I just saw that, uh, just a few weeks ago. And, um, you know, people began to always, um, kind of like to throw in judgment and, you know, is it real? Is it genuine? I just think there's nobody that the Lord can't say. That's right. And I've been around certain well-known celebrities, people, and people will come up to me and try to tell me that they're a part of this and part right. of that, and, right. you know, and whatever. And I just know this, the Lord can save anybody. Yes. And a lot of people, you know, who, who will say these things, they're basing it off, you know, fifth party information that they read somewhere. They've never actually met the person. They know nothing about them. And you know, as well as I do is, is the, the, Unfortunately, uh, these artists sometimes put out things that are really not spiritually, uh, they're not spiritually encouraging. Right. But a lot of times in their mind, the artist is not who they are and they, they're different. And that's, that's how they label themselves. Of course, we try to be real no matter where we're at. Right. But sometimes that's what they would say. And you never know what God is doing in the heart of, of somebody uh, like this. And so certainly we should pray for them. And I, I think if uh, some of these well-known people get saved and truly turn to God, they could have a massive impact yes. on others. And we've seen that happen in the past. That's right. We have. And, and you know, like I said in the beginning, you've been going to Hollywood. You just spoke at a film festival. What was that like uh, giving a word at a film festival? 
you know, it, it was incredible. And I, I found it such an encouragement. I literally was standing backstage and I had no idea what I was going to say because, uh, you know, a lot of times I'm preparing forever. I didn't know what to expect. And I just went out there and man, it just, I just felt the Lord lead me in a direction and really talked about what we need to do to reach this next generation uh, and how we can do that through film and through media. I mean, we have, we live in the greatest day and time to be able to get the gospel around the world. And, you know, it's amazing. I, there's a guy named uh, uh, Corbin Burnson who, uh, you know, he was in like L.A. Law and he was in uh, a TV show called Psych. And we've recently become friends. And he was just telling me about his conversion in 2010 when somebody asked him to be a part of a, a faith based movie. And he said, yes, while he was working on that film, he gave his life to Christ. Come on. And so you, you never know uh, in, in what way God may use to reach somebody. And that's why I've been blessed. You know, I've been a senior pastor 21 years. Um, up until 10 years ago, when we started the church here, all I did was I was a full-time pastor. I didn't do business. I didn't do, uh, the film world, none of those things. And when I came here, I was like, God, I feel like you've had me go backwards. Like I'm starting a church We're you know, we're starting, you know, uh, this work and we don't know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm leaving a great ministry and well-established and all that. And then God started having me do some of these other things. And at first I didn't understand it. Now I look and I see how he's fully changed our ministry and we're reaching people that we would have never reached had we stayed within just the church walls. And I think that's such something I want to encourage people. You church is important so much that God said he gave himself for it. And we need to be in church. We need to encourage each other. We need the body of Christ, Yes. but that's so that we can go out and do what he's called us to do. And we've got to go outside of our church walls to reach people. They're not, 50 years ago, they would come in the building. They're not coming now. We've got to go reach them. We've got to take the gospel to them, lead them to Christ, and then teach them, disciple them, so that they can do the same thing. That's right. What do you do to stay on fire for the Lord? Because I know, you know, and a Christian, you know, has a series of mountaintop and valley experiences. You know, it's not all easy. In fact, Paul said, you know, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Uh, There's seasons that are tough and there's difficult people come against you and all this stuff happens. You know, what do you do, uh, Pastor Ben, to stay on fire for the Lord? I think the greatest thing that has helped me you know, I went through three years ago, I had a heart attack and then I went through cancer in 2020 and cancer in 2021. And so my body physically was attacked, even though I was very healthy and trying to be in shape. Um, we've had people who've attacked us. You know, you have yep. people that come and go as a pastor, but I've just always tried to keep my focus on the Lord because at the end of the day, he's never let me down one time. That's ever. True. You yep. know, um, he's always been so good to me. And, and, you know, I think that's so important. And then the other thing is, is is keeping a healthy family. Uh, I have a wonderful wife of almost 24 years. We have four great boys who get to minister with us. And honestly, having a healthy family with them ministering with us, that's, that's that fire. I need my wife encourages me. My boys encourage me. Uh, Of course, I've got a lot of great family uh, parents and brothers and sisters, but just that encouragement. And then, you know, when I was a kid, a preacher's kid, I'd point out to my dad, this one negative person in the church. And I'd be like, dad, this so-and-so and He'd say, but what about this family? They love God. I'm like, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about this guy. And he'd, he'd name another family. I said, I'm talking about this guy. He'd name a third family. Here's what I find is, is the negative is usually much smaller than the positive. Yeah. And we've got to keep focused on the godly things and not let the, the little thing that the devil will try to use to distract us. We can't stay focused on that. Yeah, there's going to be problems. Not everything's going to be perfect. But at the end of the day, God's on the throne. And I've read the back of the book. We win yes. when it's all over. 
hey, listen, to be absent from this body, we're going to be present with the Lord. Yes. And so, you know what? We might suffer a little bit. We might not have everything work out the way we want. But at the end, man, eternity is going to be such an awesome, wonderful uh, privilege. And so we can't stop serving him. It's going to be worth it all when it's all said and done. That's right. You know, you've been in ministry for a while. I think you said 21 years or so. And, you know, have you seen miracles? Like, have you personally seen God do miracles? Oh, no doubt about it. I've actually uh, been in full-time ministry 25 years wow. this February. And, yep. you know, let me tell you, there's a lot of miracles that I've seen from somebody who they said would never come to Christ. Because, by the way, the greatest miracle is when somebody gives their life to Christ That's and right. he changes them. But I've seen God touch bodies. When I when I went through my cancer last year, um, we didn't tell the church, but they found three more spots. Mm. And they were really concerned watching for it. And what we did is we just asked the church to pray for us. I'd been through three things. I didn't want to put another thing on them. I didn't want it to be about me. Just church, pray for us. Thank you. That's all we need. Well, six months later, went back and our prayers were answered. All three spots were gone. Wow. The spots that they were, they were growing each time we went back, all of a sudden were gone. And so the Lord is still able. He's still, uh, he's still in the healing business. Yes. Uh, he's still doing some great things. And I believe in miracles. And this is why, because, uh, I believe God can turn this country around. If mm. I didn't, I wouldn't keep preaching it. I believe mm-hmm. that God is able. And uh, I just know that we've got to be obedient. We've got to seek him. And just like in Nehemiah, when they said, the enemy said, can he rebuild these walls from rubbish and rubble? And the answer was, yes, he can. When God said, can he raise up these dead, dry bones? Yes, he can. He's a God who can. He's able. With him, all things are possible. And I just keep on trusting him, knowing that uh, he's got something special in store for those that will faithfully follow him. That's right. You know, you and I probably get the same question where people say, Pastor Todd, just prepare them for the end times. It's done. It's over. America's done. You know, what do you think, Pastor Todd? What do you say when people say that to you, Ben? I mean, do you feel like, uh, you know, America has another shot? I mean, one more round. Are we done? Is the nation done? Well, the thing is, is God's still on the throne, so he's not done. That's right. And I think the other thing is, is that, you know, I, I tell the people all the time, I, I think people think God didn't know there was going to be a 2022. Like, you know, the Bible is no longer relevant. No, he knew there'd be a 2022. It's still relevant. So everything that, that they believed in 1950 still works for today. And this is not the first time America has been in trouble. This right. is not the first time a nation has been in trouble. Uh, we read through history. There's been times and then a revival would come. And so until the trumpet sounds, until God calls us out either by death or uh, we leave this place. Until then, yes, we have a great responsibility to preach the truth and believe that God is able to revive us as a nation. And so for those people that say it's over and done with, the kind of the doom and gloom people, you know, you guys can, you know, be miserable for the rest of your life, but I'm going to go to the grave believing that he's able. Uh, I, I'm going to keep on preaching that revival can happen until we see it or until the, the trumpet sounds. Either way, I'm trusting him. That's right. Okay, we got about four minutes in this segment left, and I want to just ask you this question. Now, there's, you know, there's right and there's left in America, and that's pretty much it. You know, the, the left, very egregious platform in many levels. We talked about some of those issues. We're coming up to midterms. And then, you know, then people talk about the presidency in 2024, and if President Trump were to run again, I know you mentioned that you're friends with Eric and, uh, you know, the Trump family. And, and so when these people, uh, there's only one or two choices, or, of course, you could not vote. Uh, so, you know, when they say like, I feel like there's people on our side that just pick on president Trump or just pick on, you know, the person and they're not understanding the platform. Can you kind of color in the lines on that a little bit, Ben? Well, I think something that you and I've discovered is 
there's really not a Republican and a Democrat. Right. Both of those parties have really come together. Yep. Yes, in some ways they're different. And, and you know, the Democrat Party is not the Democrat Party 50 years ago, but neither no. is the Republican Party. That's right. There's some great people. Uh, there's some great people probably on both sides, but I would say the majority of people who love God and fear God are probably going to be towards the right. But here's the problem is, is there's corruption on both sides. Yes, there is. It happens. It, these people say, I'm going to go to D.C., I'm going to make a difference. They get elected, they go there, and all of a sudden they become part of the system. Yep. And I think that's why so many people politically hated President Trump. He's not part of the system. Right. He's not perfect. If we were voting for a, a pastor, President Trump would probably not be the guy we were voting for right. unless we were really desperate to turn our finances around because he's really good with that. But you know what's funny is this. People ask me all the time, is is he truly a believer? He made a profession of faith right, right before he got in office. Right. His own kids have said they've seen a difference in him. The thing that I have seen is, is every issue that that we as conservatives would want to see addressed, he addressed and he took them on. He was the most pro-life president we've ever had. Yep. When I went to Israel right before the embassy was being moved and I was over there helping with that, I asked some of the Israeli leaders, why do you think it's going to happen? They said, because he's actually doing things to set it up, you know. Mm. They seen a man of action. And that's what I, I appreciate about President Trump. He's not perfect, but he was a man of action. And the other thing is he surrounded himself with more pastors right. and spiritual leaders than probably any other president. And so he at least had enough insight to go, I need spiritual help. Yes. And I believe that's why God blessed, because he was attacked every day, unlike okay. any other president. And yet he got so much accomplished and so much done. Uh, president Trump is not my savior. That's right. He's not my hope for America. But as far as if I was voting tomorrow and it was him versus, uh, you know, whoever they may throw against him, you know, uh, he's done a great job. He has a track record right. of doing the right things politically. And I think that's what we've got to understand. Absolutely. We will be right back. Last segment with Pastor Ben Graham. This pastor is awesome. I know you guys are digging him. Where can we find the website again, Pastor? It's PastorBenGraham.com. All right. Well, we'll be right back. Pastor PastorBenGraham.com. There we go. All right. Little tongue twister there. Uh, thank you so much for tuning into this show. We're going to be back with one more segment with Pastor Ben Graham. And if you want to find us on the web anytime, even uh, in between shows, you can go to Todd Coconato, C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O.com or PastorTodd.org. Very simple. PastorTodd.org. We got the Sunday services up on there. I also have a website called remnant.news, remnant.news. So you can find us at any one of those three. And thank you for tuning in to Real Talk Radio. We are so appreciative of this platform where we can speak the truth and make sure you help them as well. Real Talk Radio, and a, a great resource for, for truth and information. We appreciate the Ellis's so much. We'll be right back. All right, I think you know this uh, intro. Got to pay homage to the late great uh, Mr. Rush Limbaugh. Only, only could wish to be even half the radio man he is, but man, he made such a difference in our country. And that's what we want to do, Ben. We want to make a difference in this time for a time as this, and do our part. It's not about our name. It's not about a ministry. It's about being a person of God in this hour that is saying, you know, we're literally showing up in the morning. We're saying, send me, I'll go, Lord. Here I am. Use me. 
How can I be about your business today? And I think that's going to look a little different than what it's looked like historically because we're, we're in a new wineskin season. You know, we're in a different time. And uh, we mentioned earlier, you know, some of the older faith leaders are now passing on and it's kind of a new generation. We have a, a different set of issues, yet similar issues. We're still dealing with a spiritual battle, as you earlier mentioned. Um, and so, you know, I, I, a couple of weeks back, the president of the United States got up there and, and there was like this red kind of ominous background. It was very, you know, weird, weird kind of thing. And he basically said half the country are, uh, you know, extremists. You know, anybody that's part of the MAGA world, we're extremists, you know. And I've been pondering this because they're throwing around the term white nationalists a lot, too. And I really, I prayed about this because I said, okay, well, let's, let's just take this apart. So I'm white, you know, I'm Italian, but I'm white. And then, and then, you know, I do love the country. So, I mean, what's the opposite of nationalist? You know, it's, I feel like the Lord kind of gave me this. But, you know, he said, well, here's the thing. Every time they say white nationalist, what's the opposite? It would be atheist globalist. I mean, what else, you know, because what, what would be the opposite, right? So, you know, if you just kind of like look at some of these things that they're doing, they're weaponizing these terms, you know, they're trying to make like MAGA people that now they're all extreme or Christians are extreme. And I really felt in my spirit that when he said that, you know, about half the country being extreme. But he said, then some Republicans aren't. It's just the MAGA people. Well, basically, he's saying the rhinos aren't or the uniparty people aren't. But anybody that's America first or actually, I really believe, uh, you know, loves the Lord. And so I think where this is going, where it's always been going, is to eventually demonize biblical Christianity. It's really coming after the Bible, you know, like we talked about marriage between man and woman, you know, all the fundamentals of our faith. And there's many of them. Uh, but the fundamentals of Christianity, real biblical Christianity, this has happened every time communism or socialism rises up in a country, look at red China and you see the same thing. There's a state church and then there's an underground church and the underground church is the remnant. That's the body, the ecclesia, because they're able to speak the entirety of the word of God versus the state controlling certain elements. And I think that's what, if the leftists and the, and the communists in America had their way, they would silence every Christian pastor. I know they definitely silence you and I. Uh, so it's a spiritual matter. Are people awakening to this fact, Ben? Do you, do you feel people are waking up or what are you seeing as you're out there? Yeah, well, first off, the intro song was great. I had the privilege of being on the, the Rush Limbaugh show in 2016. Nice. One of the ultimate highlights of my life. But yes, I think people are waking up. Uh, it's kind of a slow, gradual. Here's what's sad is so many... Uh, spiritual leaders, so many of the denominational leaders are people who bought in to kind of the whole rhino movement, you know, the, you know, let's, let's uh, kind of, you know, be silent. Let's kind of get together to get along. And they've quit preaching the truth. And, you know, when they say, you know, well, there's really no spiritual, there's no biblical application to standing up and preaching the truth. And they always like to go to Romans and, you know, uh, right. you know we're to submit to the authority and all that. What they fail to remember is, is, you know, the reason the Apostle Paul was beaten was because he kept preaching when they said, stop preaching. The reason that many of the prophets, you know, found themselves being arrested, found themselves being in trouble with the kings is because they would they would proclaim that what you're doing is not right with God. And therefore, you're an enemy of God. And they were very bold. They were very biblical in what they said. And so what we find today is we find this kind of this uh, soft. Um, you know, love everybody uh, mentality. And yes, we're to love the Lord God and we're to love our neighbors ourselves. There's no doubt about that. There's no room for hate. But God never says that in loving everybody, we're supposed to love sin and we're supposed to love the, the lifestyles and, and we're supposed to go, you know what? 
I love you so much. And, and, and so as a result of that, I know you're transgender, but I want you to, you know, come and preach at our church, you know, mm. those kind of things. But that's what we see happening. And it's like if 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 we as conservatives speak out against something, you know, we're bigotous, we're, you know, we're hateful, blah, blah, blah. And yet we see that happening all the time from the left. They are right. constantly against anything we believe as Christians. They want to stamp it out. And I think that is the goal. I think they, you know, they want to remove God. And of course, they want to make government be God. And that's what we're seeing happening today. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think that's why the nation is at this pivotal, uh, pivotal crossroads moment, really, because, you know, it, we, we're at a moment of decision. I kind of liken it to like Mount Carmel, you know, where it's like the prophets of God versus the prophets of Bell. And it's like we're, fight, we're at this apex moment in time. And I think that's why a lot of people that are what I would consider remnant people, you know, are, are dealing with spiritual warfare at such a high level is because it's really reaching this climax point. And so, you know, we often talk about standing, you know, you got to stand. What does standing mean to you, Pastor Ben? Well, I think first off is, you know, we've got to be people that follow the word of God. We got to stand on the word of God. We got to stand on biblical principles. Um, But I think also it means not not cowarding down when society uh, tells us that something's not popular or, or they might even try to tell us it's not truth anymore. If God's word says it's truth, it's truth. And we got to stand on that. And there are going to be moments where we feel like we're standing alone. But one of the things I think, you know, because I've heard people say, if, if God doesn't judge America, if he doesn't wipe America, right. he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, first of all, God don't have to apologize to anybody. <laughs> but secondly, I believe there's still 10 righteous. Yes. Uh, you know, that's what God was looking for there. If he could find 10 righteous, he would have spared Sodom and Gomorrah. And I think there's still some righteous people who love God. Matter of fact, I think there's still a, a vast amount of people yes. who love God. We've just been silent for too long, and we've let this this small majority speak the loudest. They're the ones that show up at the Capitol, and they just they call, and they just, they're just they all over the legislators pushing this left agenda. And we think, you know, why, why would I need to let them know that, that, that it's normal for a man to go to a man's bathroom and a woman? You know, and we've, we've stopped being in the fight. And it's time for us to, to step up and, and, and to, to take a stand for what God says is right. That's right. And it may look a little bit different for each person. I think there's certain things that are the same, like making disciples and going and spreading the good news of Jesus and doing the Great Commission. But then some people are called to open a coffee shop and, and be a light there. And some people are called to have a Bible study at their mechanic store. You know, there's so many different things that people are doing all over the country. So I just encourage people to seek the Lord, see, you know, ask. Ask what I can do, Lord. What can I do? Have that time in prayer. You know, spend time in the secret place and, and have a, an active prayer life and, you know, fast. I mean, how, how important is fasting to you, Pastor Ben? I mean, I think it's very important. I, the first time I ever fasted, I was 17 trying to find God's will. I did about a three-week fast and honestly scared to death. But <laughs> over the years, I've found that, you know, it's like what the disciples, he told them, you know, some of the things they were trying to do come from prayer and fasting. I, I think when we really truly fast, it, it shows our seriousness. Uh, it shows how uh, intense we are about seeing God answer these prayers. And so I think it's important. Sometimes, you know, it's it's food fasting, but nowadays there's a lot of things we can fast from. Sometimes it's social media. Yeah. Uh, for some people, they need to probably fast from the, the, the liberal news media channels, and they need to open the Word of God and, and just get some direction there. Because 
if you're constantly watching the news, it'll stir you up, but sometimes it stirs you up in the wrong direction. And yes, I think we ought to be in the know, but but sometimes we just need to shut down the world and, and, and the Bible says, be still and know that he is God. And sometimes we just need to be quiet and let him speak to us so that we can truly find the direction that he wants for us to go so that we can make a difference in, in this in this world and in our society. That's right. Uh, we got about two minutes left here, Pastor. But I just want to give you closing thoughts. Anything that's on your heart that you want to share with the people? Well, sure. Well, first off, thank you for having me on here. And, you know, I, I find... I was doing an interview recently and and the the producer that was doing the interview afterwards, he said, could you just, could you do something for me? Would you just talk in the camera for for 30 seconds and help people? Because a lot of people I know are discouraged. Yep. And the thing I thought about in that moment, and I I would say today is, is I know there's a lot of people hurting. A lot of people have lost loved ones over the last couple of years. People have lost jobs or maybe as a result of just the last few years, you're struggling. Uh, 42% of pastors are either quitting or they're considering quitting. A lot of people are struggling today, but I would remind you of this, no matter what we've went through, God is still where God has always been. He's on the throne. He's in control and he still is with you. He's promised. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. And so you may feel as though you're alone. You may feel as though, man, I just don't have anybody with me in this fight, but I promise you the Lord is there and you hold on because he's going to send somebody physically. He's going to bring somebody in your life that's going to encourage you along the way. Yes. Get a church, get plugged into, get a get a spiritual group to get plugged into and speak the word of God, speak life to each other and be reminded that, listen, this is temporal. This is not our eternal home. We're just passing through. And one day, all of our worries, all of our cares, all of our sorrows, they're all going to be over. We're going to live in heaven forever. And if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I invite you to give your life to him today. He is the only thing that can truly give you hope in a hopeless world. Come on, man. Powerful stuff. We have an amazing man of God, Pastor Ben Graham. His church is called Music City Baptist Church. And one more time, the website, please. PastorBenGraham.com. All right. PastorBenGraham.com. Go to the website. Visit the church. Listen to this man of God. Do you have a podcast, too? I sure do. It's on there and our film channel. All that's on the website. Well, thank you, Pastor Ben. What a great show. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. And uh, you can find us and our work at ToddCoconato.com, PastorTodd.org. And uh, we love you. We bless you. I'm going to be praying for you and your week. Please pray for us as well. And we are the remnant. God bless. Well, thank you so much for tuning in, friends. I just always appreciate when you tune into the podcast version of this show. And we are just so thankful for your listener support. Um, it's humbling to me to see what God is doing. Let me just say that. It's humbling to me to see what God is doing. Uh, If I could show you my inbox, if I could show you what we're able to accomplish in one day, uh, thanks to your support, it it is beyond humbling and all glory to God. So I just want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your support. Uh, If you'd like to support this mission and our efforts here, you can go to toddcoconato.com slash give, toddcoconato.com slash give. Or you can go to PastorToddTodd.org and hit the give right there in the right-hand side, and they'll show you the best way to give. Thank you so much. May God bless you. We'll talk to you soon.